welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Don Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Where do we start then? Um, should we do should we do this chronologically? So we'll start we'll start with Luton. Um you know, I was thinking at, at the weekend after the Luton match, and a few people have said this, it's looking at thinking, this is the game, isn't it? This is the game where it's it's pretty much done and dusted. Like you, you 2-0 up at half time away at Luton and you lose that game. Where how do you come back from that? And it was such a flat feeling afterwards because it just felt like that's that. Like you, you, we're not talking about a team that's coming into form and is going to get out of it. You're like that is that's got relegation written all over it. I don't know what else to say about it, Dom. Provide provide some insight and analysis into that. And I'm trying really hard not to swear into that debacle that was Luton away. Well, everything was going rather well in the first half. Uh, and actually, you could argue that that was the most complete first half of football that Wednesday have put together all season. And this should have been out of sight, James. There's yeah. so many chances. And, you know, Josh Windass uh, was outstanding, scored two. Again, should have had another when he went clear and went through. Um, and Wednesday absolutely bossed it. Um, they dominated it. And then, unfortunately, the second half didn't turn up. And uh, Luton made some good tactical tweaks. You've got to say that, you know, they made some substitutions and went to a diamond in midfield, made a big difference. Wednesday didn't combat that well. Um, and what we've seen in the last few matches is, uh, yeah, you know, Wednesday, again, it wrong now at both ends of the pitch. So a lot of our focus is always on at the top end, isn't it? And about you know, this team being the, lowest goal scorers in the division, blah, blah, blah. But actually, that's now eight goals they've shipped in in the last three matches. So, um, yeah, you know, that goes to show, doesn't it, really, that uh, the mental fragility, I'm afraid, of this team, and it's the usual stuff that we have banged on and on and on about on the podcast, isn't it, of um, leaders in the second half. There should have been more than enough experience to see it out even when losing peg you back and get it to two all, you don't lose. You don't lose. You know, you dig in, no. you grind out a result when you're scrapping for relegation. You don't raise the white flag, uh, which unfortunately I think we've seen far too often from the Sheffield Wednesday team uh, for the last 18 months, two years, as long as we've been doing this podcast, James. Uh, yes, um, I still believe that we don't take any of the blame for it, but, you know, um, yeah, you're quite right in what you say about the fact that actually that first half performance was really, really, really good. In some ways, that almost makes it worse. It's like if, if there had been rubbish right throughout, then it it would we wouldn't have that thought in the back of our minds thinking there's actually enough there's enough quality in that team. It's frustrating when we see it sometimes and then for it to spectacularly fall to bits just so badly is 
is just really, really frustrating. It's another week on this podcast where we're talking about late goals that are costing point after point after point, and we're, and we're running out of um, points that we can throw away before this becomes done and over. And, I mean, we're looking now at, what is it, a seven-point gap? I mean, it, it's arguably... It, it, it's it's borderline done and over anyway, isn't it? I think this is maybe the first week where actually without the point deduction, we would still be looking at being um, in the in the bottom three anyway. So um, it's yeah, it's 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 pretty bad. Um, the the positives that we take from Luton. I'm trying. I'm trying here. I'm trying to to dwell a little bit more on the positives than just whinge. Um, but were there signs there that we can th- that we can take forward into the next few games? Thinking at least when when it does go right, then Wednesday can play and Wednesday can score. And um, you know we've said where are the goals going to come from. Well, there was evidence there that this team can score goals. And you know now we're not talked about Darren Moore properly yet, but you know having a little bit more order to things in terms of in the back room and on the training pitch, maybe there is an opportunity to bring out more of that good stuff um, and it can outweigh the bad stuff. We don't talk a lot about expected goals, but if you base that on the last two matches, then there's been a lot more positive signs from a Wednesday standpoint in regards to entries into opposition box, having shots at goal, playing more on the front foot and taking the game to the opposition. So, yeah, that approach and the way they've gone about the business, uh, I think, does give you hope, doesn't it, for the future? That if they carry that on, that, you know, they could certainly improve their goal scoring record between now and the end of the season. Uh, but it's a balance and they're not getting it right. And you know, it's, it's, it's almost as if you get one part of the team that's sort of working and going in the right direction. Uh, they're then defensively uh, not shutting up shop and being being good enough um, to keep clean sheets. Uh, and it's been a number of weeks now since I think it's the Wickham home match was the last time that they kept a clean sheet. Um, and that's really what they were basing the success on. If you remember under Neil Thompson when he first took over as caretaker manager, is that, that they were winning these games by single goal margins. Uh, you know, effectively, when you know Wednesday aren't a low-scoring team. Uh, but yeah, it's now the defence that's, I think, for me, coming under the microscope a little bit. Um, the fact is that all season long, James, that the personnel the formation is chopped and changed, like the managers. So you put it all into the melting pot. We shouldn't be remotely surprised that Wednesday are where they are. No. No. Can't can't argue with that. Everything about the way things have been done this season, unfortunately, screams club that's getting relegated. And, And that is on the pitch, that is off the pitch, you know, effectively four managers in one season. We said this last week, didn't we, about, you know, the prospect of four, per- well, uh, I say permanent, uh, Neil Thompson, good as permanent um, manager for a while. Um, it is, it just screams unstable and, and that 
it really is a fast track to one location and that that location unfortunately is the division below the division we're in uh, it was interesting listening to uh you won't have seen this but the commentary on sky last night i think it was lee hendry that was talking about that that Luton game and said oh the problem was wednesday um should have been outside at half time uh they just didn't take the chances enough and you're like hang on, I, I'm not having that because there's no way that you can say, well, the mistake was not going in more than 2-0 up at half-time. Any team, any team, home or away, should be able to go in 2-0 up at half-time and win that game. They, they should definitely not lose that game. So you can't say, oh, they should have scored three or four. We could have scored three or four and actually, yeah, probably should have done. But that wasn't the problem. Like going in 2-0 at half-time should be enough to be able to win that game and it just raises it raises problems that I don't know if we we could sit here till midnight talking and we I, I'm not sure we'd be able to identify the specific problems and not get anywhere near trying to come up with how to fix them and that brings us to our second main talking point which is the guy who is now um tasked with that and I think it's a name that I'm not sure we've mentioned even once on this podcast while we've been talking about names that have been linked with the job or even people that we think might be able to come in and do a job. And it all seemed to happen just out of the blue from nowhere while we were still somewhat licking our wounds from that Luton game it became apparent on monday morning there were a few murmurings about oh there's something going to happen and then suddenly it's we've appointed darren moore just total bolt out of the blue came very very quickly and i think that it caught a lot of people on the hop um but i think it was it was the right time without shadow of a doubt uh, and as i've argued before i think really should have been made earlier as a decision one way or another uh, and we're only going to know at the end of the season whether Wednesday have left it too late to uh, make this latest managerial change. But they had to act after Luton. They had to make a decision one way or another. Are they going to stick with Neil Thompson until the end of the season? Or are they going to bring in a new man? And they brought in a new man. Uh, and I think that um, you, know, you have to say that the overall reaction that I've garnered from Wednesday fans is that they're pleasantly surprised and it's a popular appointment. And I'd, I'd certainly fall into that camp, really, that in some ways I am a little bit shocked that Wednesday managed to attract Darren Moore right now, that yep. he swapped a promotion fight with Doncaster Rovers for Wednesday, who, uh, you know... <laughs> If in a few months' time things carry on the way they are, teams might be trading places. It's possible. <laughs> so it's possible. It's very possible. But yeah, I um, I I just thought overall, James, that um, you know Wednesday is a statement of intent from them too. Uh, you know, you're having to go back to the days of Brian Laws for the last time that Wednesday paid compensation for a manager. Um, as well, and to, for Wednesday to bring in, you know, some coaching staff as well for Darren Moore to work with, who he knows, and Jimmy Smith and Paul Williams, um, and so yeah, yeah. And for me, I just look at it as this: that whatever happens between now and the end of the season, it's not going to damage or affect Darren Moore's reputation. If Wednesday go down, the damage has already been done. Really, it's a win-win 
for Darren Moore, whatever happen, like whatever happens between now and the end of the season, in that you know if he keeps them up and pulls off the miracle, um, then uh, you know he's going to get pulled. It's left, right, and centre. But if Wednesday go down, that will be a relegation on his CV in name. But the reality is that look at what had happened and went on before him. It, it's a bit of a free hit for him, isn't it? Because um, you know, it, it might maybe it'd have been different if we'd have won the Rotherham game. But you, you've got to look at it now and say it, it's it feels like it's kind of game over. So really, Darren Moore, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure he'll want to have a, a damn good go at, at keeping Wednesday in the championship. But you know, it, it it's a bigger it's a bigger project than that, isn't it? And I've got really mixed feelings. No, I haven't got mixed feelings about the appointment of Darren Moore. Just let me make that absolutely clear. I think it's a great appointment. I really do think it's a really good appointment. And um, I think he was quite unfortunate with the way things panned out at West Brom. And I think he's quietly gone about doing quite a nice job at Doncaster. I know what you mean about the fact that you kind of look at it and think, actually, like... It, it probably doesn't make much sense as to why he'd want to leave Doncaster to come here. I, I don't know a lot about what's going on at Donny, but I get the impression it's not all kind of roses in the background uh, stuff that's been going on there this season. Not that Sheffield Wednesday is like, you know, the world's most stable club or anything. Um, but he's, you know, he's obviously kind of had a decision to make there and, and decided that it's a project that he wants to be, be part of. I, I, I do feel like, he could be a very astute appointment if we do end up looking at, at trying to get out of the third tier. Um, I, I think there's still questions to be asked uh, and I think we still need to know, well, what what is his role going to be when it comes to transfers? Because I think most fans that I've seen over the last few days have really been bemoaning the fact that getting the transfer strategy so catastrophically wrong is really coming back to haunt us now. People saying they wouldn't be bothered if a single one of these players is not at Wednesday next season. I mean, that's damning. You know, some really, really, and it's really hard to argue with people who are saying there isn't really, there's maybe one or two players that you'd look at and say, yeah, you can start to build a bit of a team around them. But so many of this squad that you would, say it, it really it, it wouldn't bother us whether they're or not next season that um it it's it all points to the fact that it really is time for a change about how recruitment is done so there's questions there Darren Moore is only going to be as good a manager as he can be within the system that this football club employs and runs so it's the same questions that were there before they don't go away because we've got the the managerial appointment right i think they actually become a bit more pronounced at the fact that we get the managerial appointment right because he he can only be as good a manager as as what circumstances allow so i still feel that there's a lot of questions that need answering and actually you know that that whole kind of issue about recruitment we've not necessarily seen eye to eye on it quite a lot, and and um, you know it, it, it is it is where it is. There's still big things that need resolving for Darren Moore to be able to make a success of this job, in my eyes. I agree uh, completely. Uh, I would say that the positive of Darren Moore coming in is that I'd like to think with his contacts book and how well connected he is in the game that. We've seen at, at Donny him bring in a number of talented young loan players from Premier League clubs 
and I, and I, I'd like to think that he's going to help open that door. And and that's not something I think really that Wednesday have effectively done, have they? You know, in the last few years, and I think certainly on the recruitment side, uh, as, again, as long as he has a big input in that, and we know that Dave Pontchansiri has always categorically said that the manager does have the final say when it comes to the identification of a player, um, and then it's down to the chairman to sign off. On, on the deal. And so Darren Moore, the key will be that he's got to work effectively, hasn't he? With that recruitment team of Amadou Paxau and David Downs, Dean Hughes and everybody else that's involved in that department. Uh, and we've seen, haven't we, look, the last few years that Wednesday, they're no, they're no longer paying big transfer fees. And the, the days of Jordan Rhodes and that 8 million that they shelled out for him, you know, you, let's, let's look at the last Two and a bit years, James. You've got Dominic Ayor for, for around 200 grand. Massimo Luongo, around 500 grand. Callum Patterson and Josh Windass for around 400k. So that's what Wednesday spent money on. Right. And, and so you reap what you sow and what you invest. And actually, this isn't me defending the club, by the way, but I'm just stating the facts that. If you look at net spend for the last two years or so in the championship, Wednesday would be where they are in the table. They'd be near the bottom of that list. And especially if you factor in Lucas Schwal, the sale of him, where they made big money, but then actually who they've gone out and spent, it's mainly been free transfers and lowish transfer fees. That's the market. Wednesday have been operating in so there has been that change in recruitment and I expect them to carry on going in that way but that's going to become even more important if they're playing in League One next season and where canny loan signings and what money they do spend they've got to get it right and that's where this season they haven't got it right have they you know from the loan signings of where Izzy Brown's not been a big success and then you could go to the free transfer recruits of Elias Kachunga that's not worked out. And the list is, you know, you, you could go on. You know, if you went through all the players Wednesday signed this season, there's not been any huge, big successes at all. Like, you know, you're talking Patterson and Windass as the two that, you know, between them, they've got less than 15 goals in all competitions. And they're your two strikers. But we'd still be saying they've been two of Wednesday's better recruits. So that's where you are, really. But, you know, I, I I criticised the club, and I know you did the same, were the same, in that part of the reason Wednesday will end up going down, or, 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 or it looks like they're going to go down, is because they didn't get a proven goal scorer in January. They had to. That, should, that had to be the priority. They knew that was the priority from November, December. So they should have brought somebody in. They had to. And I would have, and I said it before, and I say it again, you would have taken another striker, a striker coming in, despite how many wins they've got. They're misfiring. They've not done the business. They've all had chances. None of them have taken it. So you had to bring a striker in. And even if that meant you sacrificed not bringing Sam Hutchinson back to give you depth in midfield or defence, or signing Andre Green, who was hardly featured and has been injured most of his time, you do that. That's what, you know, Wednesday should have done. That's when you're talking about the forward planning, 
That's what should have happened. Rant over. I, I, I can't argue with anything you, you, you say. I mean, I, I feel like a bit of a stuck record that I've been saying this for years and years, but I think it goes back way, way before that, that, um, it, it probably, to be honest, it probably, you can probably trace it all the way back to that day at Wembley. Um, and subsequent from there, just not got the recruitment policy right because there's been, it just hasn't been joined up enough. And that comes back to, um, it comes back to positions like, sporting director or director of football however you want to approach that that role chief executive you know really important uh roles within the football club that don't exist uh and when your approach to recruitment is so scattergood this is what you end up with and and um you know you, you use the phrase there reaping what we sow absolutely 100 percent right now sheffield wednesday as an entity as a football club is reaping what it sowed in uh, not just not doing well enough in recruitment and in general setup of the club, uh, and and that's it. <laughs> I can't think any other way of really kind of putting that without just saying stuff that we've said time and time and time again. Um, so let's talk about some more football then, because that'll be fun. Um, Rotherham midweek. Um, <laughs> This was, um, I mean, look, I mean, this is, this is, in terms of on the pitch, this is as bad a week as we've ever had to talk about, isn't it? Because you've got, um, five goals conceded, two really bad, bad, bad defeats. I don't know what to say about, um, uh, Rotherham because it's, uh, home game, Wednesday position that we're in. I've got to be winning home games against 10 men. It's another last gasp, last kick of the ball goal conceded that actually stems from our own corner when really we should be trying to get the goal that wins the game we end up losing the game it's just i don't know what what how do we make sense of this james we should have seen it coming from a mile off rotherham went into the south yorkshire derby on the back of five straight defeats and having not scored in four matches so the, the, way the football charity that off. is yeah. Wednesday, happy to we didn't even mention that from the Luton match, did we? But they were in awful form as well. So yeah, yeah. So I think you could probably list about eight clubs that have been bang out of form. I think that Wednesday played this season, and uh, and then they've just given them a huge helping hand and got them back to winning ways and back on track. And there were positives um, for me. I thought in. Get the way that they went about the business Wednesday and it was always going to be, I think, on the cards from the, the way Darren Moore spoke at his introductory press conference that he was going to switch to four two three one. That's his favoured formation. That's the one that he played pretty much all the time. He was at, at Donny Rovers. Um, but I think he's going to quickly find out, James... He's not got the players to play that system. That's why managers have kept going back to three at the back. All right, for a start, it's the same problem that he's inherited. Darren Moore is the one that Tony Pulis picked up on and went, there's no recognised left back at this football club. There's no senior left back at this football club. And there hasn't been since Morgan Fox left last summer that hasn't been addressed so you're then putting still a relatively inexperienced player in Matt Penny 
who struggled against Rotherham, it has to be said. Um, so just I've got to pick up on that because we say relatively inexperienced. I mean, this is a guy that's been knocking around first team football for over two years now, and yeah, but uh, terms, he he looks to me sometimes like he's never he's never played a game in defence in his life. He looks like an attacker that's just been thrown on. So can he play fullback? Like it just yeah. doesn't. I, I've, I'm not sure if I've ever seen Matt Penny block a cross. Well, no, I think he's defending suspect. That's and that's my issue of you playing a back four and you're asking Matt Penny to play at left back when I think he's a wing back. I think we've established that that's what he is now, uh, and so it's difficult for Wednesday. We saw what Tony Pulis was trying to fudge it with playing Joe Van Aken there for a period. That um, you know, left back, they, they wanted Harry Pickering, didn't they, in January? Um, and you know they looked at other left backs, you know, so it was on their radar. You know, but we said that that wasn't the main focus. That wasn't the area that if you know Wednesday signed anyone, fine, it doesn't have to be left back because they're playing three five two. But a new manager's come in, and it's a new philosophy. So here we are again, you know, out of where so a new manager wants to play a different way. Wednesday don't have the players to play that system. For me, I don't think they do, and I'm not sure. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm not sure that playing Barry Bannon as a number 10 in that advanced role, I don't think it suits him. And we've seen it before over the years. I I get what Darren Moore was trying to do. You want to get your best midfielder on the ball in advanced positions as much as possible so he can hurt the opposition. I get that. But I, I think he's better from a deeper lying area, really. And that's where he's played predominantly throughout his career, hasn't he, Barry Bannon? So I think that, for me, that that's an experiment that uh, I don't see Wednesday persisting with forever. I was a bit surprised Izzy Brown didn't start. Um, But then I suppose when you see the corner at the end, maybe we shouldn't be surprised. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, you know, I... I, um just to kind of go back to my comments before because i'm i'm certainly not in any way singling out matt penny for criticism because i think you can you can level it across quite a lot of the team and and izzy brown's got quite a lot of stick for that but there's all there's an entire situation there where obviously barry bannon's gone off we you, you can get when you're going for a win against a team that's you know one place above you in the relegation zone you kind of think is that is that what you you do take your captain off and and, and yeah, that's a different matter but then the ball goes out for a corner and there's just a lot of players stood looking at each other no one no one seems to have any idea what's supposed to be going on like who's supposed to take corners when Barry Bannon goes off it's, it's just it's just complete I, I, I mean you talk about the captain going off lack of leadership there's a total lack of any responsibility there Izzy Brown ends up taking it and yeah it's a terrible corner and it leads to a goal but it it's not his fault there's an entire team's worth of people that are just stood there all like mm, and just no one cares it's it's just absolutely it's lack of urgency and lack of lack of lack of interest I don't know. I don't think that's quite the right way to describe it. You, it goes back, I think, to um, organisation and clear structure. And, and it's difficult for Darren Moore, who'd only had two days to work with the team. But at the same time, these are a, a, a group of players that have played together for a long time. And so mm-hmm. there should not be a debate over is Elias Kachunga, Izzy Brown or Kadeem Harris going to take the corner? There shouldn't be that confusion. You know, Wednesday pushing for 
a last minute winner and again something that you've got to say was noticeable is that yeah Darren Moore he threw caution to the wind didn't he there by throwing on Jack Marriott and Jordan Rhodes and, and oh we, every striker we've got yeah, was on yeah, the pitch yeah, wasn't it? yeah and and on another day hey let's face it we we should be talking about Wednesday beating Rotherham and they would have done had Callum Patterson not had an off night in front of goal um, and which yeah you know to have not just one chance but at least four opportunities there and to not take one of them uh, it's going to come back to bite you if you don't take chances and we've seen that for Wednesday this season and um, then they keep shooting themselves in the foot by conceding late and uh, yeah we shouldn't be singling Izzy Brown out at all for the corner in that it was poor execution but then what happens after that all round is inexcusable from Kadeem Harris allowing Ladapo to cut in onto his right foot and you've got to question the positioning of the goalkeeper for me as well. Yeah. Joe Wildsmith, I don't even think, was in the middle of his goal. He was he was looking out for the near post, but he left a huge gap. I'm not saying it would have made a huge difference if he'd been maybe three, four, five yards like closer to the centre of the goal, but he maybe would have got a, a bit nearer to it than what he ended up doing. Yeah, Um I just think there's just total there's there's a lack of leadership there's uh, a lack of um standing up and being counted around that 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 team and and that you know the number of late goals that Wednesday concede is a symptom of that the the, the I get really bored of saying this the the characters just not there you know you don't see it from this team and and it's not it's not going to magically appear because a new manager comes in and and that I think is where we reach this impasse that we hit now whereby it, it I'm not sure that Darren Moore has got enough tools at his disposal to be able to get Sheffield Wednesday out of trouble because I just don't think that there is the right personnel in this squad to be able to do it I I, I think I think they're shot I think they're gone and I don't know how. Um, you you could bring in, you know, you could get you could get Gary Megson to come and do the the team sort before the match if you wanted, and he'll g them up and stuff. I, I'm not sure it would make any difference now. I, I just do not see enough from this group of players to think that there is any way that you can galvanise them to start getting results out of them. I, I don't think it's there. I, I really hope I'm wrong, and I hope that we do manage to go on some kind of remarkable run and be here in two, three weeks talking about being back in this game and it not being as uh, as foregone as it looks. But right now, I cannot see that happening. Uh, well, it's a defining period, isn't it, before the international break? I think we'll know by that point there's four matches to go. Um, Reading, Norwich, Huddersfield, Barnsley. <laughs> that's quite ominous, very ominous, I would yeah. say. You know, that's uh, three out of those four teams are in the top seven. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Wednesday, uh, they've got it all to do. And, um, yeah, Darren Moore has got to pick the team up after taking yet another late sucker punch. Um, and that's what one of them delivered. And I, I, I didn't, you know, with respect, James, I, I just didn't think we'd be talking this season about Wednesday having lost twice to Luton and having lost twice to Rotherham. I, I didn't. Th- I still didn't think that that would be the position that we'd be talking about. Um, you know, I thought that Wednesday would still maybe have enough quality 
to get themselves out of the hole that they're in. Um, but yeah, now right now, right now, I think um, you've got to have grave, grave doubts, reservations that um, I think they've left themselves with too much to do. Seven points, it's not insurmountable, but it's a huge gap. And, and realistically, Wednesday have to win seven out of thirteen matches, and um, at least that would put them on fifty-one points. And there's no guarantee that would be enough. The only saving grace is that there are a lot of teams down there. Huddersfield on a shocking run. Only won once this year. Birmingham. They're no great shakes either. Still very much down there. But they are just starting to turn things around, aren't they? And and and, and this is where we start to hit a, another interesting kind of... But it shouldn't come down to Wednesday relying on other teams, and that's sort of well, that's that's where we've been for the last few weeks with Wednesday having lost six of the last seven. That you know, that Wednesday they're actually fortunate that they've not been completely cut adrift and still have an outside chance of getting out of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, um, and I mean, it, it is. It's shocking that we are talking about being so reliant on other teams now to stand any chance really of getting out of it. That it's like I, I that we don't deserve to stay up. Like, this is the team that deserves to get relegated. Hate to say it, but that's that's the reality of it. And well, um, well, James, I'm the same. Of where if you have four managers in a season, then something's gone drastically wrong, and you've only got yourself to blame for the situation that you find yourself in. And we, we both clearly, we don't want Wednesday to get relegated. We're not saying that, but it comes down to, you know, Wednesday starting a season with a points deduction and then you're chopping and changing managers. You're not getting your recruitment spot on. There are so many factors behind the perfect storm and that's what this is of, of, and Wednesday are uh, you know right now the sleepwalking to relegation? Yeah, I think yeah sums it up, doesn't it? I can't, don't think I could phrase it any better to be honest. Um, so weekend comes round, um, Reading away. There is a bit of a gap then, isn't there? And and probably the the outside of international breaks, the longest that Wednesday have gone without a game this season. A good eight days then uh, until the uh, Norwich game after that. So Reading, who started the season looking really, really good and, and they've hit a little bit of bad uh, they've had a bit of a, a dodgy spell and recovered from it, and they're now looking, you know, fairly um, solid in that top six. And we know that Reading can really damage teams, mainly down to Lucas Shaw, of course, which um, is um, you know going to be an interesting um, an interesting one. But when you're talking about having to hit this real great run of form that Wednesday have got, it's not going to be an easy place to do it. Starting at Reading because that's going to be a really tough game. Is and Wednesday haven't had a good record in recent years at Reading either. And you're right that you know the focus and the attention from our perspective is clearly going to be on Lucas Schwell. Uh, but you, they've got other talented individuals. You know, Ijaria, I think, is Premier League bound. You know, if, if Reading don't get promoted this season, I think he's going to get picked up. 
by a top flight team. Um, and they're under pressure to carry on winning too. As uh, you, you look at Barnsley and Bournemouth and Cardiff, you know, they're all scrapping uh, to finish in that top six. And so it looks like it's going to go right down to the wire. So Reading will be looking at this thinking that, yeah, th- this is an absolute must win for them. So, yeah, you know, Wednesday's job, um, it, it's incredibly tough. And, yeah, this is where it comes back to a point wouldn't have been good enough against Rotherham, but at least it would have been a platform. Whereas now we could seriously be here this time next week, James, and talking about Darren Moore's started his reign with two defeats. Um, yeah. And then you're facing the runaway leaders as well um, to come. So it doesn't get any easier. Um, and we'll, we'll see what Darren Moore does with the team in that, you know, he's only had what just over 48 hours or so that he's got to rest them up, regroup, get ready for another long away trip. Um, will he make changes or not? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, you know, the only positive or one of the few individual bright spots I thought for Wednesday against Rotherham was Liam Shaw. Um, yeah. who we know has, has come in for pelters and everything since the Celtic move uh, sort of got announced and emerged. But I, I, I've, you can't fault the kid's attitude um, and you know the quality that he's got. And, you know, he definitely proved that, you know, he's still fighting to try and keep Wednesday's team up. You know, yesterday, he definitely showed that. There's no doubt about it you know, in terms of his commitment. You know, we said all this the most Sheffield Wednesday thing possible. I'm going to go there and win 5-0. That's, that that's what's going to happen. Awesome. I'd love nothing more than that, James. I wonder what well, keep everything crisp. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine, I'd imagine they're fairly high, to be fair. Yes, I think you get pretty decent odds on um, on that. Right, that is going to wrap us up for this week. Um, you can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott, or you can contact the show at Dom and James. Big thank you to our goal partners, Title Law Solicitors, who you can find at titolaw.co.uk. And Wednesday Picks, which is available to download now, just head to the show notes and you will find the link. Thank you for joining us. If you like singing the blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls, and we'll see you next week. 